Hey everybody and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and uh, this week is kind of a special episode. It's a St. Patrick's Day special. I am Irish, uh, three-fourths Irish, and one-fourth Swedish. And for most of my life, I actually thought it was 100% Irish. So, we have two stories. One by Miss Jen Davis, called uh, Kiss Me, I'm Irish, and one by... Mr. DJ called The Luck of the Irish Sissy. But here's where things get a little bit different. For one thing, um, they come out to about 17 minutes. So for those of you on the free podcast, I will add a short podcast as recorded by our newest narrator slash writer, Victoria Vaughn. And... For those of you on the premium podcast, um, I have something in mind for you as well. So it's going to be one of the first times I've ever really tried to record this as almost two separate podcasts. The other thing I wanted to mention is if you heard the beginning of the show on the on the free podcast, you noticed that the ads are back. In fact, we actually have two of them now. And uh, I've missed them greatly. <laughs> They've been gone about a year. Um for some reason, Anchor, now Spotify, stopped putting them on there. And, you know, I don't make a lot. I think it's $10 per every thousand people who listen to it. But it really does add up. And I really do appreciate if you don't fast forward through the ad and just listen to it. You can even listen to it with the volume off. I don't care. But frankly, I, I really do appreciate your support on this. So if you can listen, it's appreciated. Okay, starting us off today, it's going to be... Miss Jen Davis with Kiss Me, I'm Irish. Kiss Me, I'm Irish. Written by Kylie Gable and Pamela Harlow. Narrated by Miss Jen Davis. They called the bar Mickey Finn's, and it seemed a propose. After all, any woman who left their drink unaccompanied were taking their life into their own hands. It was a working-class bar in an Irish neighborhood, and most of the people who drank there were harmless, or gentlemen even. But you had to keep your eyes open for the creeps. Today was St. Patrick's Day afternoon, and the place was packed at one o'clock. I had a few friends who worked there, so I'd hang out from time to time, and of course as an attractive young woman, I'd get hit on all the time too. It wasn't the first bar I ever drank at, so I knew how to take care of myself. Unfortunately, I did get distracted by a small shoving match, and my beer got knocked over. I was handed a new beer by a friendly stranger who wasn't bad-looking at all, despite being the same height as myself. If I hadn't been wearing heels and in my boots, I practically towered over him. At first I thought he was an employee, but when I realized he wasn't, I was immediately suspicious. He slowly saddled up next to me and began to talk. Hey, I'm Dennis, he said. This is a pretty rowdy bar. What is a lady like you doing here? Was there something I said that made you think I wanted you to sit next to me? Because I'm sorry if I accidentally gave you that impression, I replied. Oh, don't be so cold, princess. Princess? That's just creepy, I sighed. 
Hey, Dennis, leave my friend alone or I'm cutting you off, said my girlfriend Gina. I had come by to see her, and I greatly appreciated her interceding on my behalf. As Dennis tried to plead his case to her, I took the opportunity to switch drinks with Dennis. If he was just a well-meaning stranger, it was harmless. If he had drugged the drink, it would serve him right. I didn't have to wait long. Soon after drinking the beer that he had intended for me, he started to sway back and forth trying to keep his balance on the stool, and his speech became slurred. "'Are you okay?' I asked. "'No, I feel drunk,' he replied. "'Hey, Gina, he just drank the beer that he drugged for me, I think,' I said to my friend. "'Do you have a back room I can stash him in?' "'Sure we do,' she said. "'You're being awfully nice to him.' Wait until I'm done with him, I said. Gina and I led him into the back storage area. There was no doubt in my mind he'd be out for a while, so I left him right like that. I'll be back, I said. I don't think he'll cause any trouble. I knew that I had most everything I needed back home, and I raced to make sure I could grab it all, making a quick stop at the drugstore for a few items I might need and be back before Dennis came too. I had no idea what he had drugged himself with, so I had no idea when it would wear off. I didn't want him wandering off. Sure enough, I was back at the bar after a little less than an hour, and Gina greeted me with a big smile when she saw me in all the bags I was carrying in. He's still in the back room. I think he's sleeping things off. Perfect. I won't have his cooperation, so the more he sleeps, the easier this will be. What are you going to do to him? she asked. You'll see, was my only reply, as I practically floated into the back. Sure enough, Dennis was on the couch where I left him. I began to unpack. Since it was St. Patrick's Day, I had brought some things that would be perfect for the situation. A tight, white sweater a white and green plaid kilt, a bright red wig full of all sorts of curls, short black boots with a severe four-inch heel. He would be the hit of any St. Patrick's Day party when I was through with him. I started by removing his clothes, which wasn't easy. If you've ever tried to undress an unconscious person, you know that it's a challenge for just one person. But I was determined. Once he was naked, I moved on to shaving all of his body hair. One nice thing about Irish boys. They might not have the biggest dicks in the world, but they're almost never hairy. The more compliant he was, the angrier I got, because whatever he had ingested would have had horrible consequences for me if I had been the one to drink it. It just so happened I was good and angry when it was time to get his corset on. It was again complicated, because being unconscious, he couldn't suck in his gut. But with my knee and proper leverage, I managed to take off about four inches from his waist and then lock the corset on tightly. When the skirt went on him, I used a chain, 
and a small padlock to secure it around his waist like a belt, ensuring that the skirt couldn't be removed without the key. After pulling dark tights up his legs, I locked the boots on as well. I went to work on Dennis's makeup. He was starting to come to a little, but he still had no concept of what was going on. Doing his makeup without his cooperation still was a challenge. Finally, I put the red wig on him and weaved his own hair to it before securing the wig in place with clips. He would not be getting it off soon, nor easily. As he came to a bit more, I finally led him to the bar and was lucky to find a small table in the back corner for us where a couple was leaving. We immediately snapped it up. Once he was seated, I made the final addition to his outfit. A large, kiss me, I'm Irish button. Gina brought us some coffee, which helped to wake him up so I could explain just how much trouble he was in. Why am I dressed like this? Because you drank the beer that you meant for me, you bastard, I replied. He discovered the chain locking his skirt in place and realized just what trouble he was in. What do you want? he demanded. Oh, it's simple enough, I said. We're going to play a little game. In order to remove your boots, your skirt, or your corset, you're going to need to earn keys. You'll also need to earn your car keys and your house keys. I think you'll be sober enough to drive when this is done. How am I supposed to earn keys, he asked. Well, your button says, kiss me, I'm Irish. Let's start with that, I said. I don't understand. Well, I replied, I gave the keys to men in the bar, as did Gina. You don't make the prettiest girl, but with the dim lighting, I think you can fool most guys. Gina is telling guys... If they kiss the Irish redhead, they get a free beer. I'm not going to kiss any guys. Oh, but you are, I explained, as I bent down and cuffed his ankle to the table. One more key you need for your collection. What? Why, he stammered. You tried to drug me, and then do who knows what, I replied. You're getting off easy. I left him there fuming. He kind of did look like a woman. Not a pretty one, that's for sure. But after a few stiff drinks, and with the promise of a free one, guys would be over there. Guys at a bar like this would spend $50 to get a free beer on quarter beer night. I sat at the bar and let Gina wait on me. Girl, you don't mess around, she said. I caught him. Who knows how many others he tried that on, I replied. We looked over, and the first guy went up to Dennis, or Denise, as Gina was calling her, and gave her a big kiss. I told them if there was tongue involved, it was a free pitcher. We sell so much beer on St. Patrick's Day, I think I can cover it. You're the best, I said as I watched Dennis involuntarily suck face with one of his fellow patrons. 
There were two other guys lining up for the freebie. I debated whether I should give Gina the handcuff key. I decided to hold on to it for a little more as I sat back and enjoyed my beer. As Dennis completed making out with his second patron, and three more were in front of him, he looked over at me, pleading with his eyes. I smiled and blew him a kiss. He was in for a long night. The End I'm telling you, that story by Jen Davis just makes me want to start singing Come On Eileen. And in fact, I might write a story one of these days called Come On Eileen. It seems to fit. Anyway, we have Mistress DJ coming up next with the story, The Luck of the Irish The Luck of the Irish Sissy, written by Kylie Gable and published by Candy Apple Press. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. We were actually entering the hotel when you first saw me. It was my first time in Ireland, and I had booked myself into what I thought would be a quiet hotel on the banks of the Donegal. Of course, I probably should have done a bit more research. The hotel was beautiful, and I loved the seaside town, but I hadn't counted on a convention taking place at the very same hotel I was staying at. It was some kind of sales convention, and salesmen can annoy me in any country, I soon discovered. I was checking in when we first met. I didn't notice you until you made that stupid comment in the line. Even your admittedly adorable Irish brogue couldn't save your comments from being inane and insulting. Looking down at my red and white polka dot dress, you said, Wow, you must really like polka dots, don't you? Yeah, I do, I said, rolling my eyes. That's, uh, that's, that's a great neckline there. It's very flattering, you stammered. Excuse me, are you talking about my tits? Because that's where you're looking, I asked. You turned bright red and stumbled, trying to respond. I don't think you were used to American girls like me who weren't about to put up with some shit from some salesman who thought he had the gift of Irish charm. I guess you don't like having your creepiness advertised. I don't know what kind of conference you're here for, but I'm not going to put up with your harassment or bullshit. You deserved every bit of my wrath. But having to stand there in the queue of myself and all those other witnesses after I called you out left you very uncomfortable. You got to the front desk before I did, and I could hear them say your name and tell you that you were in room 434. This did give me some ideas. After all, what better way to spend a vacation than indulging in some of your favorite hobbies? I went to my room and gathered a few things and put on a new clean dress. The nicest outfit I had with me was a navy blue satin dress with this tiny little black belt around the waist. It was short and it looked It was short and it looked beautiful with my navy blue stiletto peep-toed heels. Next, I took my overnight bag and emptied it of its contents except for my makeup kit and a little padded bra and panty set that was red with white polka dots as well this beautiful dress with a white crinoline slip underneath. It was one of those Marilyn Monroe-style dresses, with a halter behind the neck and a kind of broad 50-style skirt. I took the elevator to the fourth floor, and I knocked on your door. I could see by the look on your face that I was the last person you expected to see, but it's not very hard to get a guy to let you into his room, though, so I brushed right past you. 
I imagine you thought that I was playing games with you downstairs, but now I'd finally come to my senses and came to your room to fuck your brains out. I think you were planning to go out for the evening. Your shirt was off, as well as your shoes and socks. Even your belt was thrown carefully on the floor. Maybe you were getting dressed, or maybe you were napping. In any event, I had other plans for you. I leaned in close to you and ran my fingers over your chest. You seemed rather hairless, and I wondered if that was a lack of hormones or something by design. I kissed you deeply on the lips, but then I bit down. I know it hurt, and you're a bit confused. I pushed you away and grabbed the belt off the floor, flashing you a wry smile as I ran my fingers across the leather. I think you read that smile as sex, and you were right. It was about sex, of a sort. I walked back towards you, and I put my hands on your chest, feeling your smooth skin. You were totally stunned when I went from caressing your shoulders to using them to flip you over onto the bed on your stomach. You didn't know what to think, as I was suddenly on top of you, and you could hear the satin of my dress sliding up my stockings. I pulled your arms behind you and let my knees sink into your lower back. I balanced myself like I was on a surfboard and pushed my high heel into the back of your neck so your face was buried into the white down comforter. I flipped you over and saw your tiny cock engorged and leaking. I suppose it's not a shock that you were excited by all this. Oh my goodness, I exclaimed. Well, I guess you are enjoying this. Yeah, baby, you moaned. You like it rough. You have no idea, I purred, flicking the tip of your cock with my finger. How's that? How's what? You asked, looking at me with a puzzled expression. I believe that's as close as anybody is going to get to your tiny little cock tonight. You, on the other hand, I believe are going to be coming quite close to cock. Real cock. You know, you seemed so crazy about my dress, I thought it would do you some good to try it on for yourself. I reached for my blue vinyl makeup kit. I straddled your chest, pulling my skirt up around my hips. You could see I wasn't wearing any panties underneath my pantyhose. Oh, do you like the view? I thought you might. I smirked, pulling a compact out, and began smoothing makeup onto your freshly shaved face. It looks like you were going out tonight. What were you planning on doing? I, I, I was going to meet some friends down at the bar for a drink, you stuttered. Where are you now? Well, I'd really hate to make you late. But, but I can't. Shh, I said, putting my finger up to your lips. This looks really good on you. I took out my brush and began to wipe off the excess powder from your face. You started to speak, but a quick glare from me discouraged you from continuing. Let's see. You're wearing a white dress with red polka dots. So how about a frosty beige? Something classic and elegant, I suggested, as if you had any say. I took a lot of care with your makeup. I gave you long, glamorous eyelashes and bright red ruby lips. When I was done with you, you weren't beautiful. You weren't passable. You looked like a man in women's clothes. But you did look like a very pretty man. While people might not have believed you were actually a woman, you would have stood out at a Halloween party, especially after I styled a long blonde wig on your head and strapped a pair of heels on your feet to match the dress. I took a few pictures for blackmail purposes, but I wonder if they were really necessary. See, there's this weird thing that happens to guys like you. Once you're dressed up, you become docile and easy to control. 
As I cleaned out your pockets and put the contents into a spare purse, you just stared at your reflection in the mirror. Come along, sissy, I said, handing you the purse. It's time to go meet your public. Where, where, where are we going? You asked nervously. The bar, remember? I can't go like this, you said as I maneuvered you into the hallway and closed the door behind us. Oh, can't you? I bet you're going to be very popular tonight. I held onto your hand and we walked down the hallway together. I don't know if people thought I was your girlfriend or your best friend, but I'm almost certain they had no idea that I was now your pimp. And that was Miss Jen Davis with Kiss Me, I'm Irish. This is where things get a little bit different for me. Uh, I had arranged that this was going to be the week. We did the two St. Patrick's Day audios. Uh, One of these stories was written, I think, last year. The other one was written fairly recently. And we were just going to put those two together. And we would make a nice uh, St. Patrick's Day special. Well, the problem is that um, I didn't realize they combined to be about 17 and a half minutes of audio. And if you're going to bother to tune into a podcast, you're at least getting 20 minutes, if not a little more, uh, of actual audio. So what I decided to do was to actually make a different second half of the program for the, you know, the basic podcast, and then another one for the premium podcast. So this is just for the free podcast, and uh, to kind of give you a little bonus, We have an audio from a new narrator. I love when we have new narrators. Uh, She's kind of like DJ in that she's not someone who's always writing, always recording. She does both, and she doesn't do it all the time. Uh, Her name is Victoria Vaughn, and uh, I've played her on my Patreon. In fact, this clip comes from my Patreon, but I have not um, played her on uh, the podcast yet. So, hope you like uh, this is Victoria Vaughn with the story Cat Burglar. I had been planning this heist for months. I scoped out the high security apartment building, knowing the codes, locks, and cameras like the back of my hand. I had to make sure I was prepared for anything. It had been a long night, but I'd finally made it inside. I was a cat burglar, and I had zero intention of getting caught. I was on the prowl. I needed to get in get what I was looking for, and get out fast. I had managed to make it to the top floor without being seen. I had disabled the security systems and hit three different apartments. I had quite a haul with me, but that's when I was seen. Unlike most people in my line of work, I always dress to impress in a fancy emerald green and black strapless dress with a pair of black leather pumps and full makeup. I also wore a blonde wig. I figured if anybody saw me, they would think I belonged there. Unfortunately, I was in the third apartment when I was seen. And the police now had a perfect description of me. I made a break for it. I made it to the safety and security office. This was the one place where I could turn the elevators back on. Whoever had turned them off had also set off the alarm. The office door was locked, but I was far from powerless. I had my tool kit in tow and quickly took care of the lock. I entered the office only to find a man sitting at the desk. He had clearly been taken by surprise. The look on his face said it all. What do you want? He asked in a shaky voice. 
I knew I had to act fast, so I used the element of surprise and overpowered him. I quickly grabbed a length of rope from my toolkit, tied him up, and gagged him so he couldn't scream for help. I had no intention of killing him. I just wanted to make my escape. I was ready to transform him into my mirror image. After securing him firmly in the chair, I opened up my bag of beauty tricks and started to get to work. All right, let's start with the makeup, I said, as I carefully applied a layer of foundation to his skin. I added a rosy blush to his cheeks and a smoky eye look, finishing with a deep burgundy lipstick. Next, I added the wig I had chosen, making sure to comb it out so it was the exact same hairstyle I was wearing when I was seen. You're a blonde now, I said, admiring my handiwork. His hair looked quite a bit different from my more functional brunette hair. Then I put him in the dress and all the accessories I had chosen. It's not a simple task, dressing up a, a bound security guard. Fortunately, that was one nice thing about having the strapless dress. I got him into the outfit as well as the accessories. The sexy uh, black leather pumps, the statement earrings, even a bold necklace around his neck. When I was done... He looked a lot like me. You're getting closer, I said. Finally, after making a few small adjustments, I stepped back and smiled. Not only did he look like my twin, he was actually kind of glamorous. And, well, from a distance, at least, he was kind of beautiful. I gagged him. Just for precaution. And was pretty pr impressed that I was able to create a stunning blonde out of a bored security guard. There, I said when I was finished. Now you look just like me. He looked nothing short of terrified. I looked for something I could wear, and I found the perfect security guard uniform that would fit me like it was made for me. I put on the cap and pulled it over my, as I said, brunette hair. And uh, as I heard the police approaching, I was on pure adrenaline. I called out to them, hey, I caught the cat burglar. And as they dealt with the uh, poor guard rather roughly, I made my escape. That was one close call. And that was Victoria Vaughn reading her own story, Cat Burglar. Um, one thing you might have noticed is that the advertisements are back. Um, it's been about a year. and Gosh, I missed them. Uh, it's an important part of my income, and it really means a lot to me if you can find a way in your heart just to listen to the audios. I try to make them <laughs> as quick as I can. Uh, there's some things I have to say, and if you listen to them, I get paid, and it's it's not much. It's like $10 for a 1,000 listens, but it all adds up, you know, and so I really appreciate if you do that. And I appreciate you uh, tuning in. It, it means a lot. Um, I never thought that this podcast would ever get to even 100 weekly listeners. And we're over 2,000. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with how this thing has grown. And uh, I've met so many of you. And you've all been wonderful. And so um, thank you. So I will be back next week. I hope you will be too. Take care.